episode of She Existed, the podcast wherein I, Ashlyn Romagnoli, share snack-sized introductions to fascinating and obscure ladies of history. I had different plans for this episode, but I realized that it was just St. Patrick's Day. But since I like snakes and also goddesses, I'm not his, like, biggest fan. Plus, obviously, like, he's not a woman anyway. So today, we are going to focus on an Irish woman. But never fear, St. Patty will make an appearance, and that is Patty with D's because it is short for the Irish name Padraig, or Parad, apparently. I don't know. I mean, like, guys, I'm still just doing my best with these pronunciations. Like, this is what happens when you spend your whole life reading. You just don't know how to pronounce anything. So today we're going to look at a woman who absolutely existed. I mean, nothing is ever, like, completely absolute. You know what I mean. Like, what is existence anyway? I mean, that's a different podcast, though. Or, I guess not, maybe. I mean, part of my entire point here is that even people we generally agree have existed are generally mixes of fact and fiction. Hell, people today are mixes of fact and fiction. I'm a mix of fact and fiction. Who am I, anyway? Okay, well, that took a little bit of an existential turn. But what I'm trying to say is that today's subject, Brie Brigade, is an interesting subcategory of one of the many subcategories and focuses if she existed. She is a person that we as a society historically generally agree was a real physical person who did real, actual, totally badass things, but we just don't really know that much about her. There's just not many details available to parse, and so it's pretty unlikely that she'd ever have a spotlight on her or like be the focus of a podcast or, you know, anything outside of like a very obscure journal article, maybe. At best, uh, she's a footnote or a part of a collection of similar women or types of people. That's hopefully where She Existed can add a little unique, funky flavor to the podcast landscape because, you know, I bring the snacks, not the full meal, so this is totally appropriate. And I think that's important because despite the very little that we do know about her, Brie Brigade is extremely influential, historically speaking, and yet does not have her own Wikipedia page, Don't worry, I'm going to get back to that little detail. Anyway, moving on. All right. So Brie Brigade was an Irish woman who lived in the first century CE. She worked as a brehan, or judge, for her community, and was influential enough to be listed in the Centras Mar, which is one of the largest and earliest known collections of legal texts from Ireland in that time. Now, just her career as a brehan in and of itself is pretty remarkable. According to my very quick Google, Only 34% of judges in the U.S. today, which is like 2,000 years later than she lived, are women. And if you don't understand why representation is important in arbitration, I may not be able to help you. But Brie didn't live now. And as I've said over and over in this podcast and in real life, because I am, yes, that obnoxious in real life, history is not some progression marching from dark, miserable, uncivilized times to this enlightened progressivism. In Bree's time, the world looked a lot different. Maybe better in some ways, maybe worse, but undeniably different. When Bree was living and dispensing justice, much of Ireland operated under Bren law, which is considered to be the oldest known example of codified law in Europe. Some scholars believe that it was derived from an older set of laws which would have belonged to the Proto-Indo-Europeans, in part because it shares some elements with the Hindu laws of Manu. So. Let's think about how cool that is for a second. Like, it does make sense that if you're, like, 
splitting off from a central tribe, like maybe shit's just gotten like a little too crowded or you just feel the need to strike out on your own. Well, even if you go establish a settlement somewhere else, you're probably not going to start totally from scratch when it comes to figuring out just how society should run. You may not keep everything. Like, maybe you left because of some unfair cow pasturing law and you want to only have communal grazing in your new little utopia. I mean, I don't know your life. But the chance that you're going to keep some elements that you started with is pretty damn high. It's like how languages evolved. Um, Incidentally, a lot of European language, also from Proto-Indo-European, or how every new parent that I know was sure that they were going to do things totally different from their own parents. Right. Anyway, Bran Law was in place from an unknown date, certainly earlier than the first century CE, since that's actually when Bree Brigade lived, probably much, much, much earlier, and it was the common legal system in Ireland up through the 12th century, when the Normans popped over and decided to exert their influence a little bit. But then it saw a resurgence in the 13th century through the 17th century. So that's a pretty long stretch of time. And also, as with many elements of culture, it was molded and folded back into culture and society, even as it stopped being used officially. All right, so I'm going to burst a few little bubbles here, just in case you have heard of brand law before, particularly in the context of feminism. So it is true that women were treated far more generously in brand law than in most other contemporaneous European legal systems. Women could, for example, divorce their husband if he left a mark when he beat her. Mm. Women had their own property, which is pretty cool and pretty generous for that time. And you know what? We just don't really know a ton about its earliest iterations. A lot of what we know about Brian Law was written down actually in the 8th century, and as we know, it was being used much, much longer than that. So I am absolutely willing to entertain the idea that earlier versions may have been even more egalitarian, especially before more conservative Christian forces began influencing it. In fact, there's apparently some records of St. Patrick working to incorporate the local laws into Christian systems, which is totally on brand for him, of course. But Bran Law as we know it now, again, while it definitely afforded more rights to women than was generally the case in that era and corner of the world, was not exactly some beacon of shining hope to which we should aspire to return. If anything, it just sort of upholds my point that history is just one big fucking mess, not really any sort of progression. Like, you know what else was in Bran Law? A lot of freaky sex stuff. Freaky in the best possible way. I was reading this one source that claimed that homosexuality was totally fine, as long as the dude was also fucking his wife, because not banging her was no bueno. Can you imagine that in a courtroom today? Like, your honor, I am not guilty of adultery with this man because I am also still sleeping with my wife. (laughs) Okay, one other thing, 20 pages of B-law. Not joking. I mean, it's probably more B-law than we have now, which we actually desperately need since we are not doing a very good job of protecting them and we need them. Save the pollinators, y'all. Clearly, the ancient Irish knew what was up. But why am I going on and on about Bran Law? I promise I have a point. (laughs) And it is that Bran Law, despite the very different nature and content of it, operated kind of similarly to the U.S. justice system today. Have you ever heard of case law? Basically, It indicates a legal system that is based not only on the laws as written, but is heavily influenced by previous cases. Precedent. 
You know how in every legal drama ever, there's this moment that somehow feels as exciting as the words sound boring? When some, like, young upstart legal aide has spent hours in the library, again with this dramatic montage comparable to Rocky's meat locker, and bursts into the courtroom just in the nick of time, and slams down a dusty tome and yells, Mannequins versus Puppets, Cleveland, Ohio, 1957, and then explains why that obscure case has now won them all the day, and a promotion. Right, so uh, that is common or case law based on precedent. An alternative to it, for example, which is practiced more in like mainland Europe these days, is called civil law and focuses just on the law, not the various ways in which it has been interpreted through history. So what this means is that Brie Brigade, as a Brown, wasn't just dispensing justice like it says on the package. Nope, she would have been actively involved with shaping the legal determinations of her time, and those decisions would have been influential for centuries. For hundreds of years after her death, the choices she made and the justice she meted out were cited over and over and over again, each time influencing the world just a little bit more. So if that's not badass and worth its own wiki page, I really don't know what is. There are other Browns who have their own wiki page, and we don't know that much more about them. So... If anyone knows how to wiki, now's your time to shine. As with many of the more ancient historical tidbits, both Brown Law and the individuals we link to it are of course also shrouded in a bit of mysticism. Brown Law features very heavily in some versions of early Irish mythology, and Bree's name itself indicates some sort of connection to one of the major Irish goddesses, Bree or Breed. You may know her better as St. Bridget of Ireland, because, of course, assimilation was huge in early Christianity. This is actually, fun Ashland fact, why I chose St. Bridget as my confirmation saint. Raised Catholic here. <laughs> Even 14-year-old me tried to be subversive. Brie was also possibly one of those pesky triple goddesses I keep bringing up over and over, with the aspects of the smith, the healer, and the poet. The poetry piece is also important here, as there are a lot of allusions to a very strong connection between poets and bards and Brehan Law. I'm not going to dive too deeply into this here, but it does make sense at a cursory glance due to the connection between bards and institutions of learning, which in those early centuries provided basically a college-style education in the Irish language, history, Brehan Law, and literature. It stands to reason that a lot of bards as well as Brehans would come out of such learning. Okay. So I've saved the best for last, partly because it definitely blurs the line between historical and mythical. Sencha Mac Ailella was the sort of Merlin of Ireland in a sense. He was also a Brehan like Bree, and he tutored Cahulin, a pretty badass demigod sort of hero in Irish mythology. But apparently Sencha was not on board the pro-woman train. One day, he passed a really crappy misogynistic judgment. What it was is lost in the mists of time, but I mean... I think we can all make about a dozen pretty solid guesses here, and it had to have been pretty bad since it literally went down in history as being a crappy misogynistic judgment. But someone, perhaps the goddess herself, was kind of over his shit and caused his face to erupt in nasty, hideous blotches because of this crappy judgment, and it is said that Brie Brigade managed to heal his blotches when she convinced him to overturn his verdict. Yay! So again, a little interesting merger there of Brie Brigade, her connection to Breed the Goddess, and, uh, you know, a little bit of zesty magical spice added to what was possibly just a really intense legal battle. 
I mean, I think I would enjoy legal dramas even more if they had magical powers and, like, actual physical consequences for being an asshole. Either way, worth noting. So thank you for joining me for this special Irish edition. Now, there's really not much more to be found out about Bree Brigade. Like I said, um, we don't really know all that much about her. We do know, though, that she existed. Hmm, yeah, gonna use that one again. Um, but you are so welcome to try to find out more about her. Please do report back if you can find anything. But there are a ton of other rad things from this podcast that you might be curious about. So Brie Brigade is spelled, and guys, if you want, like, crazy non-phonetic spelling, here we go. Brie Brigade, B-R-I-G-H space B-R-I-G-A-I-D, Branlaw, B-R-E-H-O-N space L-A-W, Breed, the goddess, <laughs> B-R-I-G-I-D, Cahoolin, uh, C U with a little accent, C H U L A I N N, Sentious Moore. So that is the compilation of Bran laws that I was talking about. I think it includes B Law, in case you're curious. S E N C H U S space M O R. I think there's an accent over the O there. And syncretism, which I didn't really say specifically in the podcast, but it's basically when a dominant culture absorbs disparate traditions into itself or two different things merge into each other, creating something new. So like taking Breed, the goddess, the pagan goddess, and coming up with St. Bridget. So then everyone's happy, right? Like you can keep uh, worshipping your goddess, but doing it a different way so the authorities don't burn you to the ground. All right, thanks again, and see you next time. Bye.